Please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. An Apple A Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. And there you're going to find articles about the topics we discuss here. You're going to find access to our social networking pages. You're going to find access to our free message boards. You're going to find access to our free chat rooms. Hey, you get a minute? Go over there. Check it out. That's www.famousapple.com. And... If you want to reach me, you want to you want to write me personally, you can write me at admin at famousapple.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at famousapple.com. Write me. I'll answer you the same day, most probably. So how are you doing this week, my friends? Can you believe this? Can you believe this is episode number 53 of an apple a day? 53. That means we've talk together for 53 short fun weeks that's right we've been together since last november unbelievable it's i think it's great i think it's great we're gonna be together for for years to come (laughs) i'm sure we are so we got a pretty good one for you today we're going to be talking about caretakers. You know, the people that take take care of us. They help us out on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. We're also going to, we also have a message here from Medicare and Social Security. You know, just more information from them. Anytime I receive something, I like to share it with you. And I have a letter here from a listener. His name is Richard, and he's from Augusta, Georgia. He wrote, Jimmy... I returned a form to Social Security and they said they didn't receive it. They say my benefits might be stopped if I don't send them another filled out form. I don't remember exactly what I said on the first one I sent in. What if I find the first one and it doesn't match my second one? Please help, Richard. Okay, Richard, very simple. All you got to do is tell the truth. If you tell the truth, you don't have to have a really good memory. You just got to tell them what happened. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Anything I sent to Social Security forms, because I'm assuming what you're talking about is the form that they send you for the three-year checkup or intermittent checkup that they do. What I do, and not because I want to deceive anybody, but I want them for my records. I have them since the very first time that I ever got one. I always make a photocopy and write the date on that it was mailed. This way, if there ever is a question, they can and they call, I can give them the answer right there. I go to my file, I pull it out, and there it is. And also for my records, for my references, when the next form comes in and they ask me how many times I've been to the doctor since the last one, I can look and I can see. But I always have a copy of anything that I send to Social Security. I make a copy of and I keep for myself, just for my own records. Not that I don't trust them. They're a big organization. They're a big department in the government. I'm just one person, so I keep anything that I I send. If it's a letter that I send to them, 
Nine times out of ten, if I have to send a letter to Social Security, I always send it return receipt requested with a copy of the letter and I attach the return receipt from the post office right to it and I put it in my file. I have a file just for Social Security. I have a file for my explanation of benefits from Medicare. These are all things that you should keep. You shouldn't just see them, look at them, say, ah, it's, that's not, I'll throw it away. All of these things you should keep and at the end of the year, take them, box them up, Put them in your basement, in your closet, whatever. Just so that you have them. So God forbid you ever have to go back and look. I mean, I've had a couple of occasions where I've had to go back to a year earlier to look because the doctor's claiming they never got paid or something like that. So you just want something that you can go back and reference. And really, I mean, it doesn't take up all that much time. You get the mail, you look at it, you say, okay, it's from... August. So just put it in the August folder. And at the end of the year, like I said, you just take them, put them in a box and put them in the closet or put them in the basement or something. I, I have them. I have them right from the very beginning. I probably don't need them anymore. And one of these days when I get to it, I'll clean it out downstairs. But I do. I, I keep I keep each year and I have a file for each year. And I, same thing with all my letters, all my correspondence, anything, anything that I correspond with the um, with Medicare, with Social Security, anything, well, even when I was on workers' comp at one time, anything that I did with workers' comp, everything, if I sent them letters, I sent it return receipt requested. And again, not because I don't trust them, but because they're a huge, huge company, and I'm just an individual. So if things get lost, they get lost. Then you can't blame them if it did, really, when you think about it. If they're dealing with thousands of people a day and you're just one of thousands. So I just, and that's just for my own sake I do that. This way I'm saving time. God forbid something does happen where something gets lost. I don't have to go back and start all over again. I have it right there in front of me and I can say, well, I sent it to you on July 5th, 2018. And you're saying you don't have it. Well, sure, I can I can fax it to you right now. I have a copy right in front of me. And bing, bam, boom, it's done. So the other thing, too, though, is, again, don't embellish. Don't exaggerate. Don't falsify information. Just write the truth on these forms, and it shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't be a problem for you. If, if they didn't get the information, all you have to do is rewrite the information as it is. Just tell the truth. That's all it is. That's all it boils down to is telling the truth. Okay? But that's what I suggest. I suggest that everybody, everybody should do this that's on disability. Keep a file. Keep a file for your explanation of benefits from Medicare. Keep a file for, if, you, if you're on workers' comp, keep a file for all your workers' comp papers and your doctor's forms. I keep a file for every every receipt that I get from the doctor. I know you might be saying, well, that's kind of OCD. I keep it just in case because over the course of the years, I've had some issues, not not major problems, just some issues where people are saying, where people had said, oh, we're not sure. And I can go right into my file and say, well, yeah, it did. It did. It happened on such and such a date. And here's the check number I paid you with, or here's what happened that day, whatever. So like I said, I'm one person. Doctor's offices deal with people you know, multiple people every day. Insurance company deal with thousands of people every day. Department of Social Security deals with tens of thousands of people every day. I'm just one individual, so I can take care of my stuff. I don't have to worry about all the others. So just for your own sake, keep track of keep track of the things that you're doing. And again, it doesn't take a lot of time. Set up your files, and there you have them. Mail comes in, put them where they belong. 
I even go as far, and I'll be honest with you, again, it may sound like it's now that it's kind of, it's even more difficult now that everything's, uh, I do banking online, but I copy out the checks. Any checks that I pay a doctor with or any statements that come in that I paid the doctor with my debit card, I photocopy it. I attach it to the receipt, circle in it, circle of payment. This way, whenever, I've had, I've had doctor's offices call me two months later and say, well, they don't remember or they don't have record of a payment. And I can go back two months ago and say, well, I was there on, just for argument's sake, I was there on Tuesday the 1st of July and... I paid my $25 copay by my debit card, and here's the last four numbers on my debit card, and here's the, you know, the payment date, the date it was taken out of my account. And they're like, oh, okay, you know, and they go about and they recheck and they find it on their end. It just saves you some time in the long run. Something to think about, something to try, but it, in a case like this, Rich, it would be saving you some time, some grief, some anxiety. And again, just tell the truth and you don't have a problem like that. Now, just one more thing before we go on. I want to make it clear. I'm not accusing Richard of lying. Richard, please don't think that I am. Please don't feel that I am. You know, we, us, the people that are disabled, we make ourselves crazy. We we make ourselves paranoid. We get paranoid over the littlest things. Look, if you can't remember 100% the way you wrote something on the first form, just tell the truth. The same way you did on the first form, just tell the truth on the second form. If it's not word for word the same, it doesn't matter. As long as it's the truth, that's what counts, okay? As long as you're telling the truth, you can't go wrong, all right? But, you know, again, paranoia sets in with us because we have too much time to think. I think that's the problem. We have too much time to sit and think about things that can go wrong because we always feel like we're out on the edge, like we're on that on that branch that's bending a little bit all the time. That's something that we have to deal with on our own. We have to get over that feeling. Rich, as long as you're telling the truth, buddy, you have nothing to worry about. Absolutely zero, nothing to worry about. And to avoid any problems like this or thoughts like this in the in the future, do like I'm saying. Make a photocopy. It doesn't take that long. If you have a printer, you can make a photocopy of it and just put it in a file. Put it on your desk. Keep it there. Okay? All right. Let's move on here. Social Security sent out a a blog post this past week, and it's something for you to keep a, keep an eye out for. It says, don't be misled by false Medicare or Social Security ads. Online and otherwise, there's a lot of information out there, and sometimes it's difficult to tell what sources are credible. With millions of people relying on Social Security, scammers target audiences who are looking for a program and benefit information. The law that addresses misleading Social Security and Medicare advertising prohibits people or non-government businesses from using words or emblems that mislead others. Their, ab- their advertising can't lead people to believe that they represent or somehow are affiliated with or endorsed or approved by Social Security or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Service. People are often misled by advertisers who use the terms Social Security or Medicare. Often, these companies offer Social Security services for a fee, even though the same services are available directly from Social Security free of charge. These services include getting a corrected Social Security card showing a person's married name, a Social Security card to replace a lost card, a Social Security statement, and a Social Security number for a child. Now, 
If you receive misleading information about Social Security, please send the complete ad, including the envelope, to the Office of the Inspector General Fraud Hotline, Social Security Administration, P.O. Box 17768, Baltimore, Maryland, 212. Now, you can learn more about how they combat fraudulent advertisers by reading the publication, What You Need to Know About Misleading Advertising. You can also report Social Security fraud to the Office of the Inspector General. You can get more information about this and other, all other information about Social Security by visiting their website at www.ssa, that's S is in Sam, S is in Sam, A is in Apple, dot gov. And there you'll find everything you need to know about Social Security from retirement benefits to disability. So take a minute, go over there, check that out. That's www.ssa.gov. SSA.gov. All right. Well, we're at this point here. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back in 30 seconds. I'll see you on the other side. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. There you're going to find articles about the topics we discuss. You're going to find our connections to our Facebook page. And you're even going to find connections to our private chat board. So take a minute, go over, visit www.famousapple.com. But please wait till the end of this podcast. Don't run out on me now. Let's get back to the discussion. And we're back. I told you, 30 seconds. Not a long time. It's not long unless you're waiting for me. Then it could be a long time. I understand that. Oh, boy. Anyhow, I want to talk to you about caretakers. Caretakers and patients, as a matter of fact. You know, you hear these horror stories. There's these horror stories about home health aides that come into houses and they they rob you or they're nasty to the patient. There's two sides to every story. I've, I've found that out. There's two sides to every story. I'm going to start with the caretakers. Number one. If you don't like dealing with sick people or disabled people or whatever, why are you in this business? And don't tell me because it's easy. Because if you don't like your job, you got to get up every morning, be at your job at 7 o'clock and be there till 3 or so in the afternoon. That can't be easy. It can't be easy. You have to deal with somebody you hate all day. It can't be easy. And the patient. You know, I've heard people say, I don't want nobody coming into my house. Yet... You can't get out of bed. You can't get up to use the the restroom by yourself. But you don't want anyone in your house. Well, that's going to get a little bit messy once um, you have to urinate or you have to do something else. You know, we get set in our ways. And this is for both sides, for the caregiver and for the patient. Caregiver goes through through, uh, a course. You know, they learn the ideal situations where they go in and they make the bed and the patient's happy to see them. and, And as soon as they do their first patient they find out reality and what they learned in the classroom were two totally different things and the patient you know you get some of these people that are disabled or sick they think that the caregiver coming in is going to be their maid their cook their dog walker there it doesn't work like that folks it doesn't work like that you have a caregiver coming in 
they're your caregiver. Unless there's some kind of contract or an agreement that they're coming in and they're going to do household work as well. But caregivers coming in are coming in to take care for your well-being, for your health. They're coming to, in to make sure that you're taking your medication, that you have food to eat, that your linens, your bed linens are changed, that you're not soiled, that you're getting changed, that they're giving you a hand, maybe taking a shower or getting washed up. You know, they're not there to clean your house, rake your leaves, wash your car, uh, take the dog to the vet. You know, you want something like that, you, you better work it out right in the beginning beforehand. Don't expect people coming in. Don't expect people coming in to just drop everything because you're in bed and you don't feel good. doesn't work that way. And as for the caregivers... You know, if you don't want to be in this business, please, please look for another job. You, if you don't want to deal with sick people, go go work in a car wash or something. But we have to, we have to, we may not like each other. And that's a fact of life. We may not like each other. And if we've seen each other on the streets, we may turn our heads and look the other way. But the fact is, the caregiver needs the job. You need the money to go home and take care of your family. The patient needs the caregiver to help with everyday necessities. You need each other. Whether you like each other or not, you need each other. And this is something that you have to realize right from the beginning. You can't, it's never going to be just one way. And just because you're disabled doesn't mean the whole world stops. Sorry, the world doesn't revolve around you. You got hurt, that's terrible. But you got hurt, so you have to deal with it. Not everybody else. Yeah, and you say, well, they're a caregiver. They should, they should care about me. They are. They are there to care about you. They're there to make sure that you're taking your medication. They're there to make sure you're eating. They're there to make sure your day-to-day needs are being met. I heard a story, and this was from the patient himself when I was in a rehab hospital in White Plains, New York. He was telling me, he was an older gentleman, but he was a cantankerous so-and-so, okay? And uh, he was telling me he hates the caregivers, hates them all because he thinks they're looking to rip them off. And he's telling me, he was my roommate, and he told me right off the bat, he says, you got to get them under control. I was like, get them under control? What what do you even, I, I, I had no time for this guy because I was in pain. I just had my leg amputated. And I didn't want to even hear him. I, I told my wife, I said, please shut the curtain. I can't listen to this guy. And he didn't shut up. This guy's my my wife went out of the room, went down went down the hall to get coffee, and this guy kept on talking. He was like a nonstop record. He was like a tape on a loop. Just kept talking, and all he did was complain about the 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 aides in the in the hospital and how you have to get them under control. And then he told me, and this is where it, this is where it all stopped. He says, "I had one that came in, and she wants to act all sweet because she thinks I have money. She comes in in the morning, she tells me, what can I get you for breakfast?'" And he says, "You know what I did?" And he says, "I picked up a shoe and I threw it at her." And I was like, "What?" I said, "How? <laughs> Who do?" I said, "You know what? If you ever threw a shoe at somebody I knew, I said I'd kill you in your bed. Who do you think you are?" Oh, he says. They don't like you. He says, believe me, he says, they don't like you. They look at you and you're nothing but a piece of meat to them. I said, at the moment, uh, that's all I feel like is a piece of meat. I need them to help me and they need they need me to get a paycheck. That's the way I looked at it. I'm not looking to make lifelong friends with anybody. Although I ended up making friends with some of these people. There were good people out there. There were crazy people out there and there's sons of bitches out there, believe me. But the world didn't stop because you got hurt. So if you don't want the caregiver, tell them that. Tell them, I don't want a caregiver. 
I don't need a caregiver. But remember that you said that when you can't get up to use a bathroom or you can't feed yourself or you can't make f- make your, your food or your meals. Remember that. And the caregiver who doesn't want to take care of you, well, you remember that when payday comes and you don't get paid. You know, it doesn't cost nothing. It doesn't cost a dime to be nice to each other. You don't have to like each other, but you do have to respect each other. Respect each other as humans. Never mind as a caregiver and a patient. As human beings, respect each other. Actually, that's good advice, whether you're disabled or a caretaker or what. No matter what, we should all respect each other. Hey, I want to let you know. I got, I got, a, I got an email from a, from a woman, Gwen, in Patterson, New Jersey, who went to the Poconos for a week. And she has a disability. She's been out of work. And she was able to save up some money. And she went with her mom. Uh, they went to the Mount Airy Lodge to the casino there. And she told me, she said she had a blast, a blast. And I'm glad, I'm glad. She said she was so glad that she listened and went. It was the first time she went on vacation since she was hurt. And she's been hurt for four years. It's the first time she went. And she said at first she felt guilty about going. But when she got there, she lost all her money gambling. But she said she had such a good time she didn't mind well i'm glad gwen i'm really glad i'm glad you and your mom had a good time and you know what save save up and go again who knows next year or the year after go somewhere else you know go to the beach someplace where you're not gonna gamble but i'm glad i'm glad you went on vacation that's really cool anyone else went on vacation let me know let me know we'll we'll talk about it here on the podcast i'm I'm glad to hear people having fun, people having a good time. You know, being disabled doesn't always have to be doom and gloom, folks. It doesn't. We're still human beings. We're still allowed to have fun. Remember that. You're still allowed to feel good, even though you don't feel good, even though you're hurt. Physically, you're hurt. Mentally, you're hurt. But you know what? There's still room. There's still room inside of you for something to be fun, something to be good. It doesn't have to be negative 100% of the time. So let me know what you did. Let me know what you did this summer. Even if you just sat out on the back patio or something and took in the sun. Well, if you could find sun this this summer. This summer's been wet, boy. Uh, maybe, maybe you had a, a rubber boat that you sat on the back patio and then rode around the backyard. Whatever. Whatever you did this summer, let me know. You can send me an email at admin at famousapple.com. Okay? Hey, listen, thanks a lot for stopping by. I really appreciate it. And remember this. Things can always be worse. No matter what, things can always be worse. Remember, people are striving to be where you're at right now. So just keep a positive side. Keep a positive outlook. All right? Listen, take care of yourselves. Have a great, great weekend. I promise you I'll be talking to you on Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Enjoy the weekend. Hey, again, tell me what you did this summer. Hopefully, we'll have at least one day where it doesn't rain this weekend. Have a great time, my friends. And uh, just one thing, I do want to, I do want to remember the people in California. Uh, you guys are in my, in my thoughts and in my prayers, and I'm sure all our other listeners. Those fires are terrible. Please pray for the people in California. Okay, my friends, have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. This is Jimmy Apple, and you've been listening to an Apple a Day. Thanks for listening to an Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.